Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosol, bring you the news and agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. As we get up for chores this morning at the shank of the day, some of the coldest air we've seen all month in our area. In fact, uh, I guess the wind chill has to play kind of an effect here. 11 degrees right now. It's going to be a partly cloudy and breezy day. So with that breeze and a northwest uh, pattern of weather, looks like it's uh, kind of cold out there this morning but I'll tell you nothing like we have most winters in February so uh, don't worry about it 19 today then it warms up by next Wednesday it'll be down near 50 it'll be 48 or so on Wednesday Tuesday 47 so again this uh, February weather pattern is not too cold good morning Bob and Jill and Jill is really excited because you don't have to make dinner tomorrow I don't have to make dinner. Because there's a Ludafiska meatball dinner in Osseo at the Elk Creek Lutheran Church of Hale. It goes from 1230 till 5, but you have to have reserved tickets only. Oh, really? So you need to call 715-694-2181 well, to get we'll those give reserved you that, seats. We'll give you that number later on because I know you're going to want to go to that. Lutefiske and meatball. I wonder if the meatballs are effectively drowning out the taste of the lutefisk. I don't know. You know, lutefisk is something that people have talked about and I've actually never eaten it. I tried it once. And once is Emphasizing all it the once, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of a lot of fun at those uh, dinners. A lot of folks do turn out and uh, good one. But we will give you that uh, phone number again. Town of Hale down there in uh, what the uh, Pleasantville uh, area, yeah, area down the, that way. Yeah, it's the Elk Creek Lutheran Church. Oh Elk, so. oh, Elk Creek. Okay, so not a bad, not a bad meal tomorrow. What time is it? What time do they do that? From twelve thirty till five. Oh, that's an afternoon. That's not an evening deal. No. Oh, all right. So we'll remind you of that too. Coming. Anything else this weekend coming up? Well, the Wisconsin Cattlemen's yeah, Association right. is having their winter conference. That is tomorrow at the lodge in Boston. And registration starts at 9 with the speakers starting at 10. And then we've got the Medford FFA and FFA Alumni Pancake Breakfast on Sunday, February 18th from 8 till noon at the Medford Senior High Cafeteria. They got other things going on with that, don't they? Yeah, but they got potato and wheat pancakes and everything. Oh, good. I'm sure good uh, maple syrup from Wisconsin, but... Don't they have something else going on at the same time? Yes, they've got the horse tack and livestock equipment swap. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Sunday, 
from 8 till noon, and that's at the high school as well. So vendors arrive between 8, 7, and 8 and set up. And there's a bring your horse tack and show items to trade, swap, or sell. Now, just horse tack or live cattle halters? or It says livestock equipment swap. Okay, so Medford on Sunday at the high school, busy, busy place. Anything else, or does that pretty much do it? Well, those are the important things. You've got right. something to eat on. And there something. you go, something to eat and something to spend money on. <laughs> Good enough. Well, the EPA has made a decision as far as over-the-top dicamba and soybeans. We'll update that. More numbers from the uh, ag census that came out about uh, Wisconsin. So numbers we talk about all the time, but now they're really enforced in this census of agriculture. Also, we had the Outlook report from the USDA in Washington yesterday. And among other things, the USDA sees farmers planting 91 million acres of corn, 87.5 million acres of soybeans, and 47 million acres of wheat in the springtime. Those uh, three crop acres added up will drop 1% from a year ago to 225.5 million acres and a bearish outlook for prices as well for 2024. So we'll look at some of those numbers as well and what the the prices may mean coming forward. Of course, uh, predicting prices now is kind of like predicting the weather because Mother Nature, as we know, this winter, Mother Nature's surprising us. I don't think anybody, that, that El Nino and La Nina and all that sort of stuff figures in. But uh, again, we'll see what uh, Mother Nature actually provides for us as we get into the planting season. All this little bit of snow we had, two or three inches. And I think I got more snow in my driveway than any of my neighbors. I got home yesterday after I left here, I don't know, early afternoon or whatever it was. And my driveway was white and all the rest of them were down to the blacktop. I can't imagine that uh, they got less snow, but I think they did. Well, maybe There's... they just threw their snow into your driveway. <laughs> That's a possibility, I'd tell you. Knowing my neighbors, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I. Uh, but it was fun. I got uh, kind of recreational shoveling yesterday. I enjoyed it. It wasn't so much that it was heavy. It's just a matter of being out there and doing it. So I actually had a little uh, beads of water on my forehead. wasn't sure what that was. Huh. But uh, then I figured it out. So anyway, trade dispute with Mexico and the U.S. over GMO corn. That is moving forward. Uh, we'll look at the weather. And uh, what else are we going to have this morning? We're going to find out uh, about the uh, Triple Valley Ag Conference and also uh, some other beef meetings coming up, right? Yeah. I visited with Angie Horkin here a little while ago, and they're doing some beef meetings at... Equity Stratford and Equity Sparta for helping, and they're going to get input from buyers. I oh, think that uh, is uh, cattle buyers. Cattle buyers, and they're going to do some uh, um, judging and some to see what buyers are looking for out there and see what the public wants. Absolutely. All right, uh, and we'll we'll see. Public wants some good tasting beef, which we always have. Also, an update on the hunger task force that'll be coming up. This morning as well. So we've got a busy Friday morning and also some other things going on. If you want to get outside tomorrow, but again, check ahead. There is a ice fishing con- ice fishing contest in Holcomb. That's at Lake Holcomb Pond from noon till 3. And there's also on Sunday, fun on the frozen Lambo ice fishing contest. That's in Tony 
at Leonard's Landing. That's from 10 till 2 on Sunday. All right. But so, check ahead. Yeah, check ahead. But right now it's cold. It's single did nine in Rice Lake, six in Medford. So setting up some ice. So again, if you're going to the ice fishing, check ahead. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Friday numbers on the markets. Let's wrap up the livestock for the week. And Jill, those cash livestock numbers, where have they been this week? Choice fed beef steers are 170 to 178 with mixed steers at 155 to 169. Choice fed beef heifers are 170 to 177 with mixed heifers at 119 to 169. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 152 to 176. And choice-fed Holstein steers are 150 to 158, with select and silage-fed steers 130 to 149. Cows are 79 to 105, with a top of 130. Bulls are 115 to 126. Butcher hogs are 50 to 75, with sows at 34 to 54, and boars at 12 to 19. Shorn market lambs are 170 to 225. Feeder lambs are 150 to 340, and ewes are 80 to 130. Small goats are $25 to $130. Medium goats are $160 to $190. Large goats are $160 to $410. With nanny goats at $30 to $260. At the Mercantile Exchange on Thursday, live cattle and hogs were higher. Feeder cattle were mixed. February live cattle, $183.40. That's up a dollar. April at $185.60, up a dollar sixty. June live cattle, $181.87, up $75. And August at 180.52, up 67 cents a hundred. Feeder cattle for March, 87 cents higher at 247.10. April up 62 at 250.22, and then they went lower. May down a nickel at 252.90. August down 57 at 265.95. September down 70 cents at 267.67. Lean hog carcass contracts higher yesterday. April closed $85 even. That was up 47. May at 88.85, up 35. June 97.70, up 92. And July 98.57, that was up 75 cents. Board of Trade was lower. In fact, corn, beans, contract lows for this March contract. That egg outlook came out. Some bearish numbers. And, of course, the weather in South America continues to look awful good. So the uh, Chicago March corn closed at 418 overnight, up a penny, sitting at 419 this morning. Oats up two overnight, 384. The wheat for the March contract down four overnight at 562. Soybeans rebounded a nickel overnight on the March contract, uh, sitting at 1167 this morning, and meal up 290 a ton at 342 dollars and 40 cents. Dairy markets. Not good. Barrels down two at 155 and a half. Blocks down two and a quarter, 149 and a quarter. Butter up a penny, 272 and three quarters. February class three up two at 1618. March down 22 at 1680 now, below $17. And that was above $18 here about a week or so ago. April was also above $18, but not anymore. 17 cents lower yesterday at 17.30. May class three down 16 at 17.50 and all the way out to June to get $18 milk. But how long will that hold? June was seven cents lower yesterday at $18. And uh, that's the way the markets look this morning. We're going to find out about a big egg conference uh, in Eau Claire next week, and it's going to be a good one.
Well, as we move through these winter months, it's still education season, meeting season for our farmers and for anybody out there in agriculture. I've got Jenny Jurassic. She is director of Ag Banking for Security Financial Bank. And you guys put on a conference, the Chippewa Valley Ag Conference. It's the fourth annual Ag Conference, and it is on February 22nd. And it starts at 9.30 and goes till 3.30 at Florian Gardens. Why did Security Financial Bank decide to put on this Chippewa Valley Ag Conference? So Security Financial Bank not only wants to be a financial partner um, with our clients in the industry, but we also want to support the growth and progression um, for these producers. Margins and room for error have become focus points. And we want to provide educational opportunities to help producers measure and improve margins and mitigate risk in their operations. So this conference brings together a bunch of professionals and you have some main speakers. Who's coming? Our opening speaker will be Kim Bremer. She's well known for her advocacy in regards to education for the public and farmers speaking up for what they do, why they do it, and how important it is. So very excited to have her come and speak. Lunch keynote speaker will be Jacob Shapiro, and he's more of an economist type that will bring together a lot of pieces, not just what's happening here, but also across the globe, and make those connections for producers. So also very excited to have him. This conference has gone on for four years, I guess. And you've got some standbys that keep coming in. What are a few of those and what are some of the highlights, the new ones that are popping out? So we always get very positive feedback about, you know, updates um, to the corn and soybean markets, the dairy markets, some financial topics that our very own Kathy Asher presents. We do have some new topics this year that I'm also very excited about. We have Comrose Sales and Service, who will be speaking on manure handling and bioenergy. And we also have American Drone along with Johnson Tractor coming um, to talk about application drones and how farmers can apply for them, utilize them, and make them work for their operations. Where should I go to register and find out even more? Probably the best way to get more information in regards to the conference is our website. Um, You can go there, sfbank.com. There will be a link on there that can take you right to the conference page and will tell you the agenda, speakers, and there's a link there for Eventbrite, which is where you would actually register for the conference. And is there a cost to register? There is a cost. It is $25, but it does include lunch and, like I say, you know, a a wide range of speakers. So That is the Chippewa Valley Ag Conference, and it's going to happen on February 22nd at the Florian Gardens Conference Center on Lorch Avenue in Eau Claire starting at 9.30 in the morning and going till 3.30 in the afternoon with lunch included. Awful lot of education. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on. And that was Jenny Jurassic. She's the Director of Banking for Security Financial Bank. And I'm Jill Welke. As happens more often than not, a judge gets involved in agriculture that... uh Probably a judge that really doesn't know how agriculture works, but they they follow the law in their eyes and make decisions. A judge last week down in Arizona made a decision on over-the-top dicamba use in soybeans and cotton, which kind of doesn't affect all soybean growers, obviously, but if uh, that's the process you use, using dicamba over-the-top, it did have an effect. But... The Environmental Protection Agency issued its uh, used its authority to help defuse 
that situation. That judge issued an order that vacated the label use for over-the-top use of dicamba herbicide on soybeans and cotton. The decision threw a real curve to farmers and put their input suppliers, as many has already ordered and delivered the product for this upcoming growing season. But yesterday, the EPA issued an existing stocks order that allows farmers to use the product that has already been distributed from the companies and their suppliers, which include Bayer, Syngenta, and BASF. For Wisconsin, that order means the sale and distribution for use of dicamba on soybeans is permitted until May 31st, with a cutoff date of June 30th. Now, this varies in states. Uh, over in Minnesota, we're looking at uh, south of Interstate 94, sale and distribution until May 13th. The cutoff date is June 12th. And north of I-94, sale and distribution until May 31st, with the cutoff on June 30th for uh, dicamba use over the top on soybeans. And uh, coming up, again, as we said, uh, we're going to get an update on the Hunger Task Force here in Wisconsin and uh, see what's going on, who's hungry, and what they're doing about it. And uh, February 27th is a big date. It's the open. It's a celebration of the open house of Marika's House, house of Gouda. One year celebration of the opening of the House of Gouda here in Eau Claire. I was over there a day or two ago and got a whole bunch of Gouda cheese. Oh, that's good stuff. But February 27th, the House of Gouda here in Eau Claire. Come on in. There'll be a lot of fun, a lot of celebrations, and lots of good cheese. February 27th, all day long. And- you know, sometimes in production agriculture, we're so good at what we do, it can actually be almost at, put us at a disadvantage. Of course, our yields go up. Uh, we're using fewer acres to grow what we do. Our cows produce more. You know, in some areas, though, that's a wonderful thing. What am I talking about? Well, in southeast Wisconsin, the Hunger Task Force is a unique food pantry. It actually has an operating farm connected directly with that food pantry. And joining us today to give you a little perspective on what a small piece of ground can do for a community is their farm manager, that's Sarah Bressler. Uh, You know, like I mentioned at the outset, Sarah, this is a unique situation to have a food pantry that's so vital, not for just southeast Wisconsin, but statewide, have an actual operating farm connected to it. Tell me about this arrangement. Tell me about the farm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like you said, Hunger Task Force is unique in the the food bank world because we, you know, one, we value high quality, healthy produce, but we purposefully grow that for people in need. And uh, we, you know, we dignify people by providing them with the absolute best food we possibly can. So the farm is how we do that. You know, the farm is really a strategic response to an issue that communities all over the nation face, which is that access of healthy fruits and vegetables uh, for the community in need. So we are fortunate to be able to utilize this land. We have a 30-year lease that we signed with Milwaukee County Parks in 2012 um, to utilize the 208 acres that we have here in Franklin uh, to be able to supply over a half a million pounds of over 26 different fruits and vegetables to the community in need. Now, 208 acres at first blush may not sound like a lot, but boy, I'll tell you, if you're working it, it's a lot. That is a lot of ground to manage, especially when you're producing high-value crops like vegetables and things like that. Give me your strategic plan, Sarah, on how you manage all that. 
Absolutely. So uh, of that 208 acres, we do have 100 of those acres are, are natural areas, right? So uh, those natural areas, you know, we really want to be good stewards of the land. So Hunger Task Force leads conservation efforts to restore our, our natural areas and preserve, you know, our, our rich environment. And we, you know, some of those benefits of, of restoration of that land is, you know, increased biodiversity of wildlife habitat, new native perennial vegetation, decreased soil erosion, uh, thriving old growth trees in the, in the Oak Savannah area, um, increased water quality of the river water shed, which is just on the east part of our, our natural areas. And then we have our hundred acres, um, Beyond that, that is, is the tillable land that we're growing that half a million pounds of uh, fruits and vegetables for, for people in need. And the way that we really get all of this work done is we have seven full-time farmers. We hire three to four farmhands during the peak season, and we use about four to 5,000 volunteers, community volunteers that are really our core uh, and base to being able to do all of what we do and, and to be able to supply healthy, healthy food for people in need. Sarah Bressers along with us. She's the farm manager for the farm that is connected directly with uh, the Hunger Task Force in uh, Milwaukee County, their 208-acre farm, as she said, with the, that includes some of the natural terrain that they're managing is in Franklin. Now, just because you've got a farm, uh, Sarah, does not necessarily mean that soil is ideal for growing high-value products like the vegetables. Tell me a little bit about the soil. What have you had to do to get the productivity out of this farm? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with the, the soil being so very important to, you know, uh, the fertility and just the, the production that we're doing all together, uh, we uh, utilize sustainable agricultural practices. Um, there's three core ones that we really, really go to, and we have about um, eight that we, we utilize throughout the year. But cover cropping is one of the ways that we, um, you know, we're planting crops, specifically rye and peas and oats, for you know, the purpose of improving that health and that fertility of the soil. Um, that's reducing the soil erosion. It's suppressing weeds. Um, and it's improving that, like I said, that structure that's really needed. Uh, we also do a four-year crop rotation. Uh, the crop rotation, you know, is, is that practice that involves growing different types of crops in the same area in sequential seasons or years. So that's really helping us with pest and disease management, weed control, and nutrient management. And then we also do conservation tillage, right? So we're just, you know, doing um, tillage of an eight-inch furrow specifically for the crop, and that's helping us reduce soil, you know, disturbance by minimizing that plowing. And it also allows, um, retains uh, moisture in the soil, prevents erosion, it controls those weeds, and then uh, really preserves that structure as well. Well, let's get to the numbers, Sarah, because they are more than impressive. Again, we're talking about high-value products, vegetables that are going into the Hunger Task Force uh, stream of service. And 2022, uh, 2023, despite the drought-related conditions, you guys still did exceptionally well. We did. We were able to grow over 400,000 pounds uh, with, like you said, those drought conditions. We had um, some record-breaking uh, yields, specifically green beans grew over uh, 23,000 pounds. Uh, some of our other top-yielding crops that you know produced more than we actually projected were tomatoes. We grew over 15,000 pounds, 
collard greens, which is the number one requested item in our uh, our food network sites. Uh, we grew over 20,000 pounds of, of those. Lettuce, over 15,000 pounds, and over 85,000 pounds of cabbage in 2023. No, I'm sure you're already looking ahead to the growing season of 2024, Sarah. How do you strategize what you plant, when you plant it, and give us a little sense of how the farm evolves through the growing season? That's a, that's a great question. Um, so at the end of every season, we put out a, you know, a produce survey to all of our network sites, which are made up of those food pantries, soup kitchens, homeless shelters, low-income senior sites, and we have over 200 in our network. So really wanting to get their feedback, because we really value their feedback about the quality, the quantity, the desired produce, what culturally appropriate items can we add to our list, um, so what, what do they want to see? So that's really part of what informs you know, our, our farm plan for the, the following season. You really take that input and, and apply it. Do you have more than one crop that you're able to pull in a season on a piece of ground? Or if it's going to be tomatoes, is it only tomatoes? If it's going to be green beans, peas, it is only going to be that? Or do you have to kind of keep switching it up? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that four-year rotation is really, is really important, um, you know, to really minimize that pest and disease um, issues that could occur, and then the weed control, the nutrient management. So we, we do that, that rotation of each particular field, you know, having 20, 24 different fields uh, so that they're, they're prime and they're, they're full of nutrients and ready to go to be able to supply that nutrients to, to the, you know, the actual fruit. Thank you, ladies. And again, that's our Pam Yankee down at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, talking to Sarah Bressler with the Hunger Task Force Farm down in that area, raising a lot of good uh, good food for uh, a lot of folks to uh, enjoy some good eating. But I'm just listening out with Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. They've been a longtime sponsor with us, and what a, a great operation they've got over there. And when you hang around that long, you know you're doing something right. So again, if you want to Want your auction handled uh, successfully by people that know our part of the country. Christensen Sales of Abbotsford, the place to go. We uh, thank them for being longtime friends with us here on the Farm Show. Well, let's check into the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy on a Friday morning. Good morning, Morgan. What's going on? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today as we start from the courts and in our area. A lacrosse man is under arrest for last November's fentanyl dose that killed a Sparta woman. The Monroe County Sheriff's Office yesterday saying that deputies arrested 18-year-old Malik Yura for first-degree reckless homicide. Investigators say he sold drugs that killed a 41-year-old woman from Sparta. He's being held on $10,000 cash bail. Looking to other headlines, some providers planning to open doors as HSHS and Prevea close them and exit this spring. We now know that in western Wisconsin, we'll see expansion of operation by Pivotal Health, North Lakes Community Clinics, and Remedy Mental Health, all announcing that they have plans to expand into the area, saying they've wanted to get up to the Chippewa Valley for a while and have now sped up those expansion plans once the two hospitals announced closings. Remedy says it's already hired 95% of the people who work at Prevea's mental health clinics. Looking into the political stage, there's another hat in the Republican ring. Wisconsin's race for the U.S. Senate gets a little more crowded and competitive if the rumblings are correct. Republican Eric Hovde reportedly going to announce his campaign next week. He's been on the short list of possible candidates and has been rumored for months about getting in that. Baldwin, of course, looking for her third term in office on the Democratic side of the ticket. As we look to the Wisconsin stage, you might want to check some products 
A contaminated dairy recall is affecting about 60 products. The FDA issuing that. It's a national outbreak of listeria. Things like cheese, yogurt, sour cream, all made by Rizzo Lopez Foods. You can find other products on the links as well, including some taco kits sold at places like Walmart and Costco. And a link online, 715newsroom.com. Well, a Wisconsin-based shoe seller takes a step out into a national chain. Rogan's Shoes, a name you might recognize across Wisconsin, was purchased by Shoe Carnival for $45 million. Rogan's actually started as a family store in Racine in the early 70s and then grew to have 28 locations across our state, Minnesota, and Illinois. You can find more about that acquisition at 715newsroom.com. And stack them high. It's an earlier but sweet start to the syrup season as the mild winter is forced to change for thousands of our maple syrup makers here in the state. Teresa Brown with Wisconsin Maple Syrup Producers Association saying, So many producers are tapping anywhere from a month to two months earlier than they have in your Half. says the earlier time frame should not hurt the flavor. Overall, Wisconsin produces about 400,000 gallons of the sweet stuff each year with that big economic impact. If you would include all the hobbyists and stuff, I would say that would be probably about 50 million that comes in. We're actually fourth in the nation in maple syrup production and, of course, top of the list when it comes to that quality milk. Nothing better to wash a stack of sweet pancakes down than that. we got to go back to the barn and make it with Bob Bolsol, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report. Thank you, Morgan. Have a good weekend. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Meeting season, education season, workshop season. Whether you're planting those crops or raising those beef, education is such a huge part of being productive in agriculture. And today I've got Angie Hork, and she's the Director of Marketing for the Wisconsin Beef Council. And you have some education workshops that are going to be happening this spring. What's going on? Yes, we do. We are going to be hosting four workshops across the state, and they're titled Producing Quality Beef Workshops. So the Wisconsin Beef Council is partnering with the Wisconsin Department of Ag and UW Extension um, to host these. And we're really going to be talking about the results from the 2022 National Beef Quality Audit. So um, really hands-on workshop. It's free. Um, it's day long, 10 to 3 p.m., but you really get in there and learn how you can produce more quality beef products. So open to all beef farmers. Um, they are free. Did I mention they're free? 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And lunch is um, included. And lunch that. is included. Yep. So that's perfect. Um, in the wax listening area, we have February 29th. We're going to be hosting one at the Sparta Equity Livestock Sales Barn. And then on March 14th, at the Stratford Equity Sale Barn. And it's going to be about the same topic, whether you yes. go to Stratford or go yeah. to Sparta, right? Yep, it's going to be the same um, agenda. We're going to talk about the same um, results from the National Quality Audit at all four. Um, but yeah, the workshops start at 10 a.m. at the sales barns. We're going to start with a live cattle evaluation and a discussion. Um, we're going to have cattle buyers on hand uh, representing our Wisconsin packing plants. They're going to talk about harvesting fed cattle in Wisconsin and the upper Midwest. We're also going to talk about what types of cattle have the greatest demand based on consumer preferences and traits that add and then also lower fed cattle value. So adding to the cattle evaluation will be a discussion on how like mud, manure, and gut fill impact dressing percentage and the impacts of mobility and fitness even for transporting your cattle um, and their value. Uh, so it's going to have it's going to be a light, nice hands-on day. 
with the free lunch we mentioned, JBS and American Foods Group is um, helping us with these workshops. Um, and like I said, the Department of Ag and UW Extension is putting them on with the Wisconsin Beef Council. And you must need to pre-register. Yes. So even though they are free, we would like you to pre-register at least seven days in advance, if you could, for courtesy, so we can have lunch and seating for and goodies. We're gonna have. I'm sure we're gonna have goodies. So. Uh, some raffles and uh, giveaways of some great checkoff materials. So if you could register seven days in advance, go right to the Wisconsin Beef Council website, which is beeftips.com, and click on Cattleman's Corner. And then right at the top of the Cattleman's Corner page, we have monthly checkoff updates. And so we've got um, a full press release on these workshops right there with all of the information and then a button just to click to register. Um, if you would like to just call our office and we can register you for you if that's easier. If you don't want to hop on the computer, just give our office a call. We have an 800 number. It's 1-800-728-BEEF, which is 2333. Yeah, some great workshops that we're offering. They only do the National Beef Quality Audit every five years. So this is a great time to hear firsthand about the results and really how you can take those in, back to your farm and implement them. And one other benefit of being face-to-face... We're talking free lunch and goodies, right? Yeah, goodies. And I'm going to be at Sparta. I'm going to Sparta to check it out, to do the live cattle evaluation myself. So it's going to be a good time. We're going to have fun. We're going to make it fun. And hands-on learning. Always good to hear about that. And getting back together face-to-face for producing quality beef workshops. And that was Angie Hork, and she's the Director of Marketing for the Wisconsin Beef Council. And I'm... Jill Welke. And uh, just a quick note, we're talking to Ann. Jill's talking to Angie Horkin here about those uh, beef workshops. The uh, Outlook Conference yesterday, just the headline, we'll delve into the numbers a little later on, but tighter cattle supplies expected to increase record feeder and fed cattle prices in 2024. Pork producers will also see better pricing conditions in 2024 as well. So quality beef is important. And again, Jill, the dates and locations of those upcoming meetings that are free with a free lunch and giveaways. What more can you want? (laughs) The first one is February 29th, and that one's at Sparta Equity. And the second one is March 14th, and that's at Stratford Equity, and they both run from 10 till 3. But again, go on the uh, website and uh, sign up with that 800 number that Angie gave us. And now we need to move on to our markets and head to Jim Lindsay and Equity El Tuna and here the Thursday market. Choice beef steers nefers dollar forty five to dollar sixty five. Choice dairy cross steers nefers dollar forty five to dollar sixty five. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar fifty six to a dollar sixty four. Choice Holstein steers a dollar forty five to a dollar fifty five. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar forty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from a dollar six to a dollar eighteen with an extreme top of a dollar twenty nine. Sixty percent of the cows sold from 77 to a dollar five bottom 20 percent of the cows sold from 81 and down 80 percent of their organic cows from tuesday sold it from a dollar 27 to a dollar 57 the bottom 20 percent of the cows sold from a dollar 26 and down Cull bulls sold from a 95 to a dollar 16 thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted 80 percent of the 95 pound and up holstein bull calves sold from 400 to 600 dollars per head light and poor quality calves sold from 400 dollars per head and down 
quality beef calves sold from $500 to $830 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be this Friday, February 16th, starting at noon. We'll have a lot of good beef and Holstein feeders for that sale, as well as some Holstein Angus crosses. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Hey, let's get more sale barn activity. The week is pretty well wrapped up, and we're about 10 minutes before 6 o'clock. Jerry Fitzgerald joins us from over at Stratford. Boy, that's going to be a busy place. Are you going to make a presentation to the beef producers when they come over there in a few weeks? Uh, good morning to you, Bob. I don't think so. Uh, well, it's uh, it doesn't have to be on beef. I'm sure they'd just like to pick your brain for all your years of uh, activities. Well, that should take about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. But anyway, that's uh, coming to Stratford and Sparta, the beef uh, beef producers. And, uh, of course, the annual meetings coming up. We'll be uh, informing you of that. But uh, now is the time for those annual meetings to uh, register, right? That's correct, Bob. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, uh, our annual meeting in Stratford Equity is going to be, I think, on the 22nd of March at Country Air. But, like I said, there is a... There's a link on the website. Just go on Equity's homepage, and there's a little link in there, and all you got to do is click on that and send them your information. Uh, and uh, Julie down there will take care of it, and you'll be all registered to go. And uh, uh, because, of, well, they kind of like to know how many are coming for the meals and stuff Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. So just, just be courteous. And, and I know uh, several markets uh, do have uh, district director elections, Stratford included. So these meetings are important. They certainly are. So get yourself registered. Well... Let's wrap up the week. These uh, calves through the roof again uh, all week. Oh, it's unbelievable. We'll tell the folks about it. Bob, thanks, and good morning, everyone. And this is a summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, uh, markets are continue to be very good on the cow market uh, at the uh, close this week. Uh, High-yielding fleshy and Holstein and beef cows were selling from 97 to $1.19. We did top this week at 124 That was on these high-yielding beef cows. Most of the cows we sold this week sold between 75 and 97 thinner cows below 75 Organic market on Tuesday, high-yielding organic cows are at 140 to 154. Now we're back to conventional uh, cattle, fed cattle this week. Uh, uh, choice grading Holstein steers were mostly from uh, 138 to 152. High-yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 153 to 162. Select grading cattle under finished cattle, 135 and below. On the bull market, better quality bulls are selling from 106 to 120. Lighter bulls, a dollar and below. And the calf market uh, continue to sell, set new highs. Um, both on bull calves and on beef calves, good quality hosting bull calves this past week, selling mostly from 300 to 650. Did top at 690 on the bull calves. Heifer calves up uh, better demand than it's uh, in the recent, uh, from 100 to 260 on those. Here, beef calves here, uh, just I don't know, 450 to 850 dollars, and a lot of these beef calves from 850. We hit 900 dollars on these beef calves. Now I've been doing this a long time. I don't think I've ever quoted calves at $900. I do remember, oh, quite a few years ago when these Holstein heifer calves got real high, but 900 bucks. So, folks, um, and I guess if you if you got cows that are calving, it probably would just pay to spend the night with them or whatever. You don't want to be losing these calves. So. <laughs> hey, you know, and uh, and you look at that $900, and then over the years you talk to guys that, you know, you go in their house in the refrigerator, they got a, a check magnet to, to the front to the freezer of this refrigerator 
for like 90 cents for a calf. I mean, how yeah, much yeah. have we seen this go up and down over the years? Unbelievable. Well, that's one thing, like I said, you and I have been around quite a few years, Bob, and it's just we're at one of these situations now where the beef herd is the lowest has been in our our lifetimes, and so it does look good. But again, it's uh, uh, you got there's so many other factors that come into play, you know, the corn price, the uh, and uh, consumption, the hum- uh, consumer demand, etc. So where is that going to end up? So a lot of things I like there, but I said it's. Uh, Right now, the calves are worth a lot of money, so folks do take care of them because they certainly, and it doesn't look like this thing is going to uh, tail off anytime soon unless something catastrophic happens, but hopefully that's not the case. And in the meantime, uh, everybody have a nice weekend, and we'll talk to you guys now. Uh, of course, Monday is President's Day, but you guys will be here Monday, right? Yep, that's not a holiday for us. Uh, us neither. So, Bob, have a good weekend. You and Jill enjoy it, and we'll talk to you on Monday morning. Very good. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Okay, look at the rest of our markets this morning on the Board of Trade. Yesterday, corn, beans, wheat, they were all lower, and corn, beans breaching contract lows for March. That uh, egg outlook that we kind of referred to, haven't had a chance to delve into all the numbers very deeply yet. But it was bearish as far as prices were concerned. Also, good weather in South America, bearish on the markets. Corn contract low yesterday went up one penny overnight. March corn, 419. The oats up two at 384. March wheat up down four overnight, 562. Soybeans up a nickel at 1167. Soybean meal up 290 a ton overnight, $342.40 at the country elevators today. Corn and Loyal's at 363 with soybeans at 1082. Arcadia corn's at 381 with beans at 1088. Chippewa Falls corn's at 355 with beans at 1093. And Connorsville 355 for corn and soybeans at 1089. And again, no $4 corn and uh, in the area at the elevators at Golden Plump. Best we can do is 384 a bushel for the corn there today. At Baldwin, three fifty-seven on the corn, ten eighty-seven on the beans. Durand and Fall Creek corn is three fifty-two. The beans ten seventy-seven at Mondovi, three fifty-seven on the corn, ten eighty-two on the beans. Elmwood three sixty-two and ten eighty-seven. Osseo, their soybeans are ten eighty-seven. The corn is three sixty-seven. Out at Elk Mound, corn is three sixty-two. Soybeans at ten ninety-two. Sparta also has corn at three sixty-two. Their soybeans at ten seventy-eight. Ellsworth, 349 on the corn, 1077 on the beans. At the ethanol plants today, Boysville corn, 373. At Stanley and the New Richmond grain facility, corn's 374. Barrel cheese traded two cents lower yesterday, 155 and a half. Blocks down two and a quarter at 149 and one quarter. Butter up a penny at 272 and three quarters. February class three up two at 1618. March down 22 at 1680. April down 17 at 17.13. May down 16 at 17.50. June down 7, $18 even. But out through July, through December, prices were a little bit higher. Enjoy the weekend. Today will be the coldest day. It'll get about 19, partly cloudy and breezy. By the middle of next week, well into the 40s. 47, 48, not bad for February. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.